I think we need to go to part two of shepherds and hirelings. And I want you to go with me to John 10, verse 11 to 18. John 10, verse 11 to 18. good shepherd and the good shepherd gives his life sorry verse 10 no 11 that's right good shepherd for the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep let me say this to you we're not poor called to grow our profile we're called to pour our life out for people but a hireling he who is not the shepherd the one who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming leaves the sheep and flees and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them the hireling flees because he is a hireling does not care about the sheep I am the good shepherd and known my and know my sheep and am known by my own as my father knows me even so I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep and other sheep I have which are not of this fold them also I must bring and they will hear my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd therefore my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again no one takes it from me that's a characteristic of a true shepherd but I lay it down of myself I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my Father. So a shepherd is not a job. It's a call. And, a, and we don't have time tonight to go into that in great detail but I'm sure by now you have an understanding of what a call is you don't do ministry because you think it's a good way to get paid so let me help you you can earn a lot more elsewhere so that's not the motivation or shouldn't be it doesn't mean that God's not going to bless the person concerned but that's another conversation. So Jesus, the chief shepherd of his church, teaches believers how to identify the true shepherd or a hireling in the local church. So what I want you to remember tonight, it's so important. The local church, God is never going to work 
I might have to tell you this 444,000 times, but God is never going to work outside of the local church. Every itinerant ministry should be submitted to a local church. That's divine order. Because even itinerant ministry needs to be pastored. You can't mess with God's divine order. Well, you can, but it's going to be a mess. And so what has happened historically is even people that are called to evangelism have planted churches and they haven't survived because there's no anointing. So there'll be a measure of success for a season, but eventually it'll close down because that's not, God can't bless disorder because he put those offices in place. So I want to remind us tonight that the local church is vital to the protection and provision of the congregation. And if ever, I mean, we couldn't stand here, but if you watched it this morning, if you'd seen the way God was doing exactly that this morning again in another man's church, where he was providing and protecting for the sheep. So you can't fake the anointing. And you need to get comfortable around the anointing. And sometimes it's like wearing a pair of shoes too big for you because you've got to grow into them. But I want you to be careful with the church. It's Christ's bride. It's extremely important. And so many shepherds avoid speaking on this subject because it can be confrontational. But what I want you to understand is God puts you in a house to protect you and to provide for you. Let me go to verse one. Most assuredly, I say to you, same chapter. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. A door is a place of authority. In your home, you either allow or disallow into your house. They don't, if they came through the roof, you wouldn't think they're very good visitors. Normally, the normal thing to do is knock on the door. The owner of the house opens, says, come on in. Authority is given for you to come in. That's the context. So the Lord's speaking a host of different aspects here. But one of the things that I want you to see is that the local church becomes the door of our lives into the things of Christ. So it doesn't matter whether you're a missionary or whatever you are, Ultimately, God's going to have you submitted to a place where you can be shepherded. Been saved 40 years. I've seen multitude of peoples move and move and move again. And eventually, not too much fruit. Because God doesn't rip up trees and keep moving them.
Now, there are times that God will do that. I think my wife and I have been in three churches our entire life, of which two of them were we, we planted. No, two churches we didn't plant. But we miss God on the second church. But you know, the Lord still blessed the work because our hearts were sincere, but we were sincerely wrong. And then he brought us out. That church is closed today. Since I've been in Durban, I've seen many churches open and close. From the original group that I was with 25 years ago, there's about two of us left in the city. Now, I'm not speaking against what they've done. I'm just saying, understand what a shepherd is. It doesn't leave the flock. And so there's the reason I believe God's bringing this is because there's a change coming in Inside Church. We will have to travel more because for years, God's been telling us about Charleston. And so it's important that you don't misunderstand what's transpiring. Can I get an amen? amen? Okay. So the local church is vital to the protection of the congregation. And the acid test for the local pastor is the commitment to the core. That's, it doesn't get any more simple than that. So the commitment to the core becomes, just as an analogy, if this was the entrance, see, Jesus said, I am the door of the sheep. No one comes in except through me. That's the context. So the shepherd stands at the door. If you understand the context of the agricultural time, when they would bring the sheep in, they would count them, each one. The sheep knew the shepherd's voice. So if people come here and they don't hear my voice, they shouldn't be here. Are you with me? They should go till they hear the voice of the shepherd that God has put them under. Do you understand? So important this. These are... People, people get hurt, disillusioned, frustrated, um, offended. Well, they should have checked before they came. Because the pastor's job is to lead them. He takes the sheep to the pasture. That's his job. Remember, truth is not comfortable. Truth is freedom. Can you get that? It's not comfortable. It's not nice when the Lord starts talking to you about things. But He's only doing it for our good. Amen? And that's why you have to guard against excited faith. I've lost count on the number of people that have come here and spoken over the time that we've been in Durban. This is what I need till six months to a year to two years. 
And then the accountability starts with the word and the change is necessary. And then the word becomes an irritation, no longer a pasture. So either they're not hearing God or they shouldn't have come in the first place. Can you see? But if they allow the spirit of God to feed, to feed them, the word of truth will set them free. Amen. Come on, I know this isn't fun. But how are we going to carry revival if we don't understand these things? Because as soon as revival comes in a person's heart, the enemy looks for an opportunity to move them. Remember the soils, the four soils, sowing of the word. Luke, Mark, the sowing of the soils. The word comes and then he tells what happens. They all hear, but they all don't respond. And then he goes through the reasons why they don't respond. That's Jesus' teaching. I'm going to believe Jesus before I believe some person. You're with me? So the commitment from the pastor is that he becomes the buffer between the wolf and the people. And it's not always a physical presence. You don't know what I pray for you. You have no idea. And I'm not about to tell you, so don't be nosy. But God will mention you by name and require me just to pray in the Spirit over you. Other times just pray collectively over you. Now you're praying for yourself, that's good. But there's a corporate thing that God wants, a corporate anointing. So it's incumbent upon me to listen, upon the leadership to listen to what God is saying. So let me get this out. This commitment includes the buffer. When the enemy tries to steal, kill, and destroy by presenting half-truths, and simply lying. He lies all the time. He even tries to lie to me. But I know that sucker now. Come on. Why do you think God says don't walk in the wisdom of man? Because people are influenced by people. Some of it may be legitimate. There's three, three truths. There's actually one truth, sorry. There's three versions. Yours, the other person, and God's truth. Which one are you going to yield to? When you yield to God's truth, it doesn't always make you popular. So how he does, what he does with half-truths is he causes strife. And the Bible says where strife is, is every work of wickedness. In the local church, and one day when you get to heaven, if you don't understand this, one day when you get to heaven, you'll find it to be true. Every local church has a corporate anointing over it for the protection and the provision of the people that God brings there. And that's why you can't just up and go. 
Bible says that the Word is to be engrafted into our hearts. You know what engrafting is? It's not copy and paste. It's weaving the thread by the Holy Ghost. He weaves the truth into the very DNA of our spirit man. And in the process, our minds become renewed to the purposes of God and not the purposes of man. Man has many plans, and most of them fail, unless God is the author of it. Throw something at that lock. John 10, 12. I want you to get this. It's so simple, these truths. The enemy comes as a wolf. The Bible says, John 10, 12. If you know anything about a wolf, this is what a wolf does. Now, I'm not a very good wolf, but I'm going to try. <laughs> right? So what, if you were the herd of bison, okay, bison, because that's what they normally go for. Sure. Huh? Yes. Don't they know what a bison is? Do you know what a bison is? Okay. No, hello, slimity man, sir. We forgive her, Lord, for. We will not become offended by her. Watch this. So, what the enemy does, the Bible calls him a wolf, right? So he comes, and if you watch it, I watch a lot of nature. Even the lions do it. Cheetahs do it. They watch the herd. And they look for the weak and the sick. And they can pick it up, the injured. And that's the one they go to. They're not that stupid that they take on the strongest. Because they won't bring him down. They can't bring them down. So they wait, and that's the context. So the wolf, the enemy, gets people to come in to a church. And then they have what is called building their opinion. They've watched Charlie Brown pastor, this pastor, that pastor, 400 pastors. They don't know which vision they're following anymore. And then they look for the weak because they're unsettled. And that's the tactic of the enemy. The Bible says like a wolf comes in. Another place in James says like a lion. But he looks for the weak and the sick, the confused. What do they do? What do wolves do with the herd? They make it panic. They always make it panic to run. And when it runs, it no longer has defense mechanism. Are you getting this? Can you get out of this church? They run. There's no more, mecha- there's no more mechanism for defense. Listen to me. God hasn't taken your hand, the handle, but they're now vulnerable because they're in a state of disobedience. Now, this is not to cause you to force to stay out. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you need to understand the authority of the local church and how God works. 
And when you understand authority, you don't have a problem submitting to it. If people don't listen and you notice they have an unteachable spirit, move on. Move away from them because they'll contaminate you. This is what happens. This is exactly what happens. No? So remember, separate. That's what, he, well, that's what he does. That's what the enemy does. He separates. How do people get divorced? Over the most stupid things sometimes. He brings a seed of division. <laughs> and they move, begin to move. And then he pushes, pushes them out. It's a type of the local church. People of varying spiritual understanding who are not fully developed in their spiritual discernment become targets. And that's why it's so important for each one of us to be equipped according to the Word. So when we hear untruth or we hear a lie, we're able to discern this is not God. I don't understand it, but I know this is not God. And so when, when that happens, when they're not strong in the Word, and I'm not saying you've got to be a preacher, you, but you can know as much about the Word as any preacher you listen to. And you have got the Holy Ghost in you. We remember when we were young believers and we'd listen because we were so hungry, we would just listen to about anything that was preached, whether it was right or wrong. And then some people, you would just feel uncomfortable. Wow, wow, this doesn't sit with me. And then you start repenting because you think you're judging. But the Holy Ghost is telling you there's untruth. Move away from it. But you see, the appetite of the flesh, which is where the enemy appeals to, because it's a lack of commitment to truth. They tend to go with it, and that's where the things go so very, very wrong. So you can very easily become vulnerable to incorrect doctrine. And I'm saying it to you tonight, when you become vulnerable to incorrect doctrine, then you also begin to doubt the instruction and the intention of what you're getting preached about. You start to question everything. Now that's fine. You should be filtering it through your heart, but you're judging the truth, not against your opinion, against the word to protect you. So God gave you the teacher on the inside. Doesn't mean you're a teacher of the word. You're a go to make disciples. Doesn't make you a teacher of the fivefold ministry. But you can understand the truths and the principles of the kingdom and how God functions in divine order, which becomes our protection. So in this church, 
And this is a whole nother discussion. Maybe we'll have that discussion too. In this church, the benchmark is the Word. And I'm not talking about a legalistic understanding of the Word. I'm talking about the truth of God's Word. I have yet to sit with people ever and not the Holy Ghost give me a word. That's not very good English. But you understand what I'm saying. Right? Every time I sit with people, the word comes. This morning, repeatedly, you'd say, give them this scripture. Give them this scripture. Give them this scripture. Why? Now, sometimes he will just say things. But invariably, whatever he says, you can trace right back to the word of God. It's as simple as that. So we don't say we word-based and spirit-moved from a cliche point of view. I showed you tonight that we don't stand in the wisdom of man. I've had pastors come through here, not too many, and say, you need to build a bigger church. God didn't say that. What he doesn't order, he doesn't pay for. So I'm not walking in the wisdom of man. Do you understand? At that stage, we didn't understand there would be, we knew about Charleston, but we didn't know that he was looking at different campuses. It's not an ego thing for me. It's a lot of hard work. Not negatively, but you understand. And if we don't do that, what part were you supposed to play in your anointing in those works? We don't know at this stage because the tree's not fully grown yet. But you can hear, hopefully, what I'm saying. So understand everything. We are not infallible as a church. If you are infallible, pray, come show me how. It's amazing how people have a big lot of things to say, but don't do too much. What a good preach that was. <laughs> Can you see, family? Listen to God. Listen to His Word to protect yourself. Jesus said to his disciples, are you also going to become offended with me? And they answered, to whom shall we go? For you have eternal life. There's such a good preach in there. Can you hear? To whom will you go? It's eternal life that you should be pursuing. Amen. 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 Look at your neighbor say, that was for you. So, when we benchmark on the truth, that's for your safety. If we don't give you word, don't listen. 
I said, if we don't give you a word, don't listen. Because that's the benchmark. Because when the word comes, faith grows in that council session to overcome the problem. That's why I gave the word. Now, you and I can choose to accept it or reject it. If we reject it, it's to our detriment. Because if the Holy Ghost has brought the word, because we need faith for our protection and our provision in Christ. Amen? Let's wrap up. So a hireling is someone who has not been appointed with delegated authority. Let me go here. And therefore has no legitimate authority. Let me clarify something. Every believer in this church has a right to go into the streets, the highways and the byways and preach the word. Everyone knew because the Bible commissioned it. But that's not the local church. That's the commission. Can you see, family? So John 15, let's go to John 15. I mean, we could tell you some things about church life, make you leave tomorrow. Well, probably in the next 10 minutes. <laughs> Look at this, John 15, verse 16 and 18. No longer do I call you servants. For a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. And that's what will happen to every single life in this house tonight. When he has appointed, he will tell me. You need to understand, I'm not trying to stop ministry, I'm trying to grow ministry. But not at any cost, because the Bible says, do not appoint a novice, for they'll become puffed up and bring much pain. And that your faith should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, He may give it to you. These things I command you, that you love one another. Now let's, let's, let's bring um, something in here which is very important. Um, let me just go to another place here. I want to show you this. I think it's 21. Look at this. I said, a hireling is someone who has not been appointed with delegated authority and therefore has no legitimate authority in this house. Now watch this. So when they had broken bread, when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord. 
you know that I love you. Nice, good Christian answer. Right? He said to him, feed my lambs. Verse 16. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. He's starting to get a bit irritated now with this question. He says, you know that I love you. Feed my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Not our egos, not our ministry. That all comes under this. Feed means to pasture. Take them to a pasture where they can feed on the Word. Where the people can feed on the Word. Now, how many of you know shepherds don't open sheep's mouths and stuff grass in? How many of you know that? Right? The sheep has to eat the grass itself. Okay? Feed. That word means to keep. This is the pastor. To keep. To maintain in a condition of good order. That's what he was saying to Peter. There's no chaos in the church. So if God's raising you up for ministry, whoever you are, then you come and talk to me. Because I'm not just going to let anybody come up here. How many of you remember there was a problem only a few weeks ago? Can you hear? So it's for your protection. If anything in our hearts is to mobilize ministry, but according to the divine plan of God and in line with the Word. Why? Because as soon as you step into ministry, the devil's got your, you've got his attention. And if you don't have the substance, you're going to hurt people. Because people get frustrated that their ministry didn't work and they blabber, blabber, blabber. Blabber, blabber. Can you see, family? So, our heart is that people get raised up for ministry or not everybody's called to this kind of ministry, but certainly in the context of the Great Commission. And I want to say that to you categorically again. 
Don't lust for this place. It'll destroy you. I mean the pulpit. But you have the greatest liberty, according to the Word of God, there should be five signs that follow your life continuously in the Great Commission. And the Bible says, you go. You don't have to ask permission for that. But you see that out there, you can get the wolf chewing you up. So you get equipped to go. Can you see, family? So God wants to protect each one of us, including me as the pastor, including my wife as the pastor. Pastoress. Is there such a word? Where's the teachers? Is there such a word, pastoress? No, no such a word. Okay. Well, we just, that's the dictionary according to insight. Can you see, family? God loves us so much and he wants to protect us. He wants to protect us. All of you that had children, when your child turned 11, did you give them the keys and say, go for a drive? Of course you didn't do that. Doctors study for seven years plus. Where's the doctor? Is she in the house tonight? How many years, Lofsny? Ten? And we just release people on people. But they can't do anything. They've got to wait till they've gone through so many trainings and study and because they're dealing with lives. They'll either kill them instead of heal them. So why do we as the church release people just to go? Can you see? God bless you. 